Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The sufferers impalement inside the city gates, worshipping unholy priests, the masters of all hate, the flag of the inverted cross menacing held high, laughing at the holy cross at twelve the virgin dies. Little bit of dark angel burning of Sodom there for you to welcome you into Tuesday's um, heavy metal gossip column, hard rock gossip column, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's just a little easygoing Tuesday. Listen, I ramble across some random nonsense from my grey matter. Um, uh, We've established the format by now. Tuesday is the throwaway gossip fluff. Friday is the ever so serious social commentary. Or swap them round, or call them both fluff. Um, I shouldn't keep saying the word fluff, really, should I? I wonder why that Black Sabbath little instrumental is called fluff. Hmm. I wonder if that's some sort of reference to something else. Well, who knows? Anyway, I'm Alan Averill. This is Agitators Anonymous. This is the Tuesday bonus rock and roll extravaganza. Did you know that the guy who christened the magazine Kerrang! called it Kerrang! because he thought that that's what heavy metal guitar sounded like when you made a note, when you made a chord, when you made a noise. He wasn't a heavy metal guy, but he went, they sound like Kerrang! Anyway, Tuesday's heavy metal gossip column. This is Agitators Anonymous. Let's get into it. A few random notes on playing a few festivals and shows lately. Um, It's almost like being back to a normal summer, but sort of kind of isn't. Sort of is, sort of isn't. Again, there's a sort of, still a sort of post-pandemic hangover. Um, I sense it on people, but the hangover sort of seems to get less and less and less, despite all the other, um, you know, things that are happening in society that kind keep trying to elevate the old fear factor that keeps us um, on a heightened state of mental alert. But firstly, flying is now beyond painful. I would say eight out of the last 10 flights I've taken have been delayed. Um, lost guitars are now seemingly um, a thing for almost every band that I hear anecdotally. 
and generally a really painful and irritating experience. Now, of course, if you read Mr. Schwab's um, Great Reset book, he claims that this is all part of the plan in order to stop ye traveling. But, you know, let's leave that for the Friday podcast. But in generally, it's a painful and irritating experience. It really feels lately that bands um, maybe even have to stop bringing guitars with them, possibly. It used to be, there's a couple of airports that are like black spots. Amsterdam, Schiphol, Paris, Charles de Gaulle, and Copenhagen as connections. Um, you think it might be Stansted, but usually that's been okay. But there are a couple of, um, you know, connection black spots, Schiphol being one. And very often, especially with Copenhagen, what they do is <clears throat> flights will be booked with an hour transfer between, um, which used to be okay five, six years ago when it seemingly they had enough staff to work at the airport. But now, um, for example, in um, Hamburg Airport at the weekend, coming back after Dread Sovereign and the glorious Headbangers Open Air, um, even the uh, even the pilot on the flight said to us, um, they seem to only have one baggage handling team working. Nothing really we can do about that. So there you go. Um, so it would seem, and especially this is true in Dublin Airport, during the pandemic, they let a lot of people go and then tried to rehire them for what I'm told is less money. But of course, the cost of living since pre-pandemic and post-pandemic has gone up and made it impossible to work for less money if you have to commute there you have to eat there and of course pay your rent and all the other kind of things it's just no people can't afford to work that sounds utterly ridiculous but it feels lately that maybe bands are going to have to stop bringing guitars with them possibly certainly looking at the mountains of unclaimed luggage in every airport i pass through i feel a bit well i'm not going to say blessed let's say blessed by satan but but quite lucky to not have my base disappear into this black hole. Um, anecdotally, the new Berlin airport, there was so much luggage piled around the new, um, you know, outsized baggage, little hovel or hole in the wall. It really looked like some sort of scene from a medieval fantasy or something like this. Um, but every airport I pass through, I feel a bit, well, kind of blessed that my guitar doesn't disappear into a black hole. Uh, for the record, I have this 1970s, BC Rich, Rich, um, Rico, a guitar that is far, far too good for the likes of me. But I did a deal with Some Neck. Uh, Some Neck is a brilliant guitar shop in Dublin that I should give a shout out to. Um, Owen there is a really awesome guy. If you're in Dublin and um, you're into guitars, just put into uh, Google or whatever your search engine is, Some Neck, and go down there and have a look. Really great. Can't recommend it enough. Anyway, my friend Rob from Fakken Vomitor who lives in Dublin, um, who was doing tattoos back in the day. There was a record shop um, that my friend started here in Dublin. He rings me up one day. It's a couple of years ago. And he goes, yeah, mate, that fucking guitar you're looking for, it's coming to the shop, mate. You've got to get down here quick before it goes in the window. It's my attempt at an Aussie accent. And I happen to have merch money in an envelope in my pocket that maybe didn't all belong to me. But that's also another story. And I went down there and I'd always been fascinated with these wooden finish old BC Riches from the early 80s. The kind you see Dave Mustaine playing in that famous Metallica show from 83. Um, and that's just what I wanted, but a bass version of this. And it was exactly that bass. Exactly. And I said to Owen, how did you come across this? Because usually basses like this don't, you don't see them, especially not these 1970s versions. Because the BC Rich company used to be called Rico and they were two brothers, I think, from L.A., who then sold the franchise to BC Rich in maybe 81, 82. If you're a BC Rich enthusiast, you can correct me in the comments. But the bass that you see me playing with Dread Sovereign, um, it's worth something like three or 4,000 euro. 
um, I think on eBay, maybe even a bit more. Way, way, way too expensive and good for a butcher, a butcher like me, but it is what it is. Um, and <clears throat> I went into Owen and I said, this is it. This is the base I need. And he goes, right, if you give me two in cash, I'll take it off the window and you can have it now. I said, well, oddly enough, that just seems to be exactly what I have in this envelope. He looked at me oddly and I said, well, how did you come by this base? So how it happened was that this guy, this old guy, had come into the shop this morning and had said, oh, my son used to rehearse in the 1980s with his band and um, we finally got round to renovating the attic like 25 years later and we removed this water cooler to replace it or water tower or whatever, some sort of water thing. <clears throat> and um, they found this guitar in this case behind it and it hadn't been opened since 1990. He rang his son, his son said, oh, sell the thing. He'd moved to Australia or something like this. So here he comes with this guitar, which hadn't been opened in 27 years or something. And literally, I bought it 45 minutes later with cash. And that's the bass that I have. And it's the most expensive thing I own in the world. And walking through whatever airport we were in the other day, uh, Hamburg Airport, as you go to leave, uh, you know, out there, do you have anything to claim? Red or, you know, red channel, green channel. There were just stacks of um, luggage which hadn't been claimed yet and there was a guitar just sitting like almost right where you go out the door and I looked at Johnny the drummer from um, Dread Sovereign Jonathan King and I, Johnny just goes geez you could just take that couldn't you and just walk off yeah you could have and I just thought god damn what if that was my bass huh what if that was my bass and it really seems that the uh, the airport situation isn't going to be isn't going to be settled I mean um, you know a band we played at a Baden in Blut the lovely necrophobic guys told me there was a um, I suppose an administrative error, somebody um, put down the wrong name for somebody in the band and um, to, to change it and buy this other flight, the airline wanted, I think I heard, 1,500 euro for a flight from Stockholm to Germany for that day. I can see this happening um, a lot, is that if you make a small mistake, the charges are huge, but trying to buy a flight for the next day for something, um, anecdotally, another band from Sweden trying to fill in for a band from Germany who had cancelled um, and they wanted 850 euro per flight. The era of cheap flights, it seems, is, um, I think it's over. Now, how much of this is design? How much of this is just um, bureaucratic chaos after the fallout of the pandemic? I'm um, certainly the uh, airlines got bailed out hugely during the pandemic and these costs or these savings are certainly not being passed on to the customer or is it just an energy issue? It's It's really hard to say either way. Um, flights that were once 100 euro are now five, six, seven hundred euro. Anyway, but the prospect of losing your guitar seems likely. But then again, what do you have the guitar for? You travel to a festival and somebody hands you some um, little child's guitar, which is, <laughs> has happened to me when I broke a string once in Glasgow and didn't have any other strings. And to be clear, this BC Rich is a it's a heavy guitar. Like it plays you. It makes you stand in this particular stance. The neck dive is huge, so you stand in this power stance to compensate for that. And someone gave me this tiny little um light as a feather kind of thing that was like a level forty two guitar. There's a modern reference for all of you. And by level 42, I mean, I couldn't even uh, put the strap down low enough for it to look cool. If we've learned anything from the Ramones, it's that you don't hold your guitar up um, just under your nipples. You don't. Unless you're playing in a prog band where you're going to be terminally uncool, forget it. Lower your strap and learn how to play like the Ramones. Um, that's all you need to know. The Ramones are Lemmy. You can learn from those two things. Anything else, I just think, won't do. Anyway, the BC Rich plays you. 
the prospect of losing things now seems incredibly likely, but turning up and having to play some little child's featherweight guitar, eh, I don't know. Anyway, Promodio played a club show in Dresden. Uh, not much of a metal scene, but a great club and a cool show. But it feels like if things pan out next summer, kind of like they are doing this summer, but it's very hard to say how they will because there's a great level of uncertainty that's constantly promulgated throughout society and the media. You don't know what's going to happen, and which I think is part by design because that's what gets clicks and that's what encourages people to spend money out of fear they consume. However, anyway, it feels that where it's going to have to be more and more of these um, weekend shows or shows around festivals um, the scene traditionally and in Central Europe, especially the German scene, doesn't like doing that because summertime is when people are out of the city. Um, I mean, it was 40 degrees that, or 36 or whatever it was that day in Dresden. Sometimes people just don't want to go into a stuffy little club to see a band. They want to sit in the back garden and have a, a beer barbecue. I completely understand it, but it seems that now the overheads and costs, including flights, are so big for bands to do one-in, one-off fly-in shows that there's going to have to be that complimentary little Friday um, 200 capacity show, which to make things more, you know, financially sound, let's say, let's say it like this. But the scene traditionally has um, been unwilling to go for summer tours, even though Blood Incantation are out on another one now. Um, and Incantation, <coughs> all the Incantations um, just did some. It makes more sense for American bands who can't fly back and forth to festivals. Uh, it totally makes sense for them. And I think that the culture is going to have to change because touring in November, December, January can be grim. It can be cold. It really doesn't make sense to me why people would ra would rather um, not go into a club on a, you know, um, a nice August evening to see a band rather than drive through the snow to see a band on a super cold February or January evening. Anyway, the scene, I think, has to maybe adapt to this new change. But, you know, if the summer unfolds, if this future unfolds that maybe some of us think might, I'm not saying it's 100%, where there's going to be restrictions on flights, and we might be headed this way. Certainly the economics of adding a second or third club show to a festival makes the most sense. But I must tell you about a little mini confrontation. This is what Tuesday's podcast is, where I air mini little grievances. But... Um, we decided that getting the train across Germany would be better than flying. It seemed to be impossible to connect to Baton in Blut. Um, and so eight hours, 15 minutes on a train. Now, that's a bit too long on a train. Personally, I like the train. Two or three hours, I'd rather do that than go through an airport out the other side for a 50-minute flight. Um, just the rigmarole and the hassle involved in airports. But trains are also becoming vaguely like this, you know. So one thing I hate is jobs worths. Um, this is an old expression. What it really means is someone who just loves the small bit of authority that comes with their job. You know those kind of people, the bouncer at a nightclub who takes it a little bit too seriously, um, you know, who thinks he's, um, you know, trying to keep out, I don't know, some sort of um, insurgent army in Kabul or something like this. A job's worth of somebody who just relishes their job a little bit too much. I kind of hate that. Kind of like the way... You know, the stoic in me dislikes somebody who tips out the last drop of beer from the glass. Just leave it. Somebody who sucks in the last um, inhalation of cigarette smoke with too much joy. That's it. I am the summertime Grinch. Anyway, I hate jobs words. Someone, like I said, who relishes their small to medium mini management position. And despite the nonsense of the rules they've been invited to take part in, um, 
they fully engage in them. The word is autodidact, which is a person who follows rules. You know, um, the kind of thing that certain countries in Europe have had historical problems with um, your average person following rules. I'm not going to discuss what they are. I think you can imagine. Just look back through the last 100 years and think of your... think. Oh, can I imagine a time where it would have been more helpful for people to uh, not follow the rules handed down to them by authority? You can think of something recent. You can think of something, I don't know, 70 years ago. Anyway, um, small mini-management mini positions. Anyway, sounds weird, but I almost understand someone who couldn't care less working on a train, who just sits there and looks at WhatsApp, like a bored Eastern European uh, receptionist who just barely greets your existence when you come into a hotel and goes, eh. Like, I kind of get that and respect that a little bit more. But wear, you ma wear your mask for eight hours on a train. This may come as a surprise to many of you, but Germany is still wearing masks on trains and in various other places. Some of the German local authorities are just loathe to f fully get rid of all these restrictions that the rest of Europe has just forgotten. Um, and so this one job's worth is on my case. You can take it off to eat and drink, of course, but you have to put it back on. Or you can take it off when you cross the border into another country. So this little job's worth is on my case. So I show him my inhaler. Yes, my Achilles heel. Um, I have asthma or had asthma. Don't get it much anymore. Last time I would have had an attack, I think was when I got swine flu recording the vocals for Redemption at the Puritan's Hand maybe 10 or 12 years ago. But you know, the odd little, the odd little, um, you know, a little puff in the inhaler every now and again. I showed him the inhaler. I said, I'm medically exempt, sir. He said, it doesn't matter. Anyone could have that. I go, that's true, but I'm not everyone. It's mine. He so he disappeared into his little, his little, um, you know, little apartment compartment and came back 30 minutes later to threaten to throw me off the train, which is not what I need. Let's put this in context. We just got up at 6.30 a.m. to get the 7.45 train. We have eight hours on the train before going straight to the festival to do a meet and greet, which was great, by the way. Really nice to see some of you. After going to bed at 2 a.m. after three hours sleep and the previous day going to Dresden having two hours sleep. So by this stage, I've had four hours sleep since Thursday morning and this is Saturday at about 11 a.m. Uh, I'm not in the mood for this little job's worth. Um, <clears throat> so... I find my digital prescription from my um, general practitioner, my local doctor, and I show Mr. Jobsworth. He's not impressed at all. This is from another country, he says. You're not a German citizen. I said, no, but I am a European citizen. You know that thing called the EU, which you are part of right now. Um, and I said, he's just like, no. So I said, what if I actually have an asthma attack? Genuinely. Are you going to take responsibility for that? Are you going to call an ambulance? And what if something serious happens to me and then I sue you? Are you ready? Are you prepared for that? He looks at me like, do you want my grandmother to die? Was what he wanted to say. You know, well, at least I seemed like that's what he wanted to say. Um, you know, it was really a case of this little job's worth had his little rule book and this smelly heavy metal he didn't like the look of. Yeah, oh, um, came and said, do the thing that I tell you to do, even if it doesn't make any sense. We all know it makes no sense. We all know the numbers are, you know, there's flu numbers, there's all sorts of numbers co-opted into the stats sold to us by the state, an authority, but whatever. You can disagree with that if you want, but the point is taking your mask off to uh, drink a beer and eat a pretzel and then put it back on, it makes no sense. 
And that is just a nonsense. However, my friend was a stickler for the rules. But then we crossed into another area of Germany and people started to take their masks off because some people, a small percentage, 10, 15%, because they uh, realized, oh, well, we're now in, I don't know, Lower Saxony or whatever it was. We've moved out of Thuringia and we can take them off. Again, a total nonsense. Um, it's just all part of the pantomime. You've been invited to take part in the pantomime. But I will tell you something that is not a pantomime, and that is having an asthma attack. Anyway, um, something tells me that my German friends, you guys are going to keep some restrictions and likely move back into some kind of vague version of them um, in the autumn. Because it seems like a healthy percentage of people... And you saw this even in the UK. I was looking at a, um, I was looking at a um, a poll done of people who kind of felt that they would like, you know, fifteen percent of people thought all nightclubs should be closed forever. Um, a great you know, fifteen twenty percent of people thought we should have restrictions um, just ongoing, and we should all wear masks all of the time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, some of those people are in local government making decisions and some of those people are on trains with little hats trying to make smelly heavy metalers put their mask on. Well, my friends, anyway, that's just me airing a few little grievances. Me versus me versus the um, Autobahn or Deutsche Bahn middle management. Anyway, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Um... I have a little earworm to recommend, and that is the new single by Sumerlands. Um, Summer with one M, Sumer, as in the ancient kingdom of Sumeria, um, which, oddly enough, um, yes, indeed, Sumerland, new single. I would go and check it out. Um, uh, as an anecdote, Sumeria is considered like the world's first civilization, dating from before 3000 BC, 4000 BC. As far as I remember, they are the people who gave us the uh, 60 second minute, the 60 minute hour, all those kind of things, um, inventing cuneiform writing, uh, socio-political institutions and a money-based economy. Um, and this, um, this, and where is this? This is uh, southeastern Iraq. So, you know, <clears throat> just to be serious for a moment, when somebody says to you, silly things like the origins of maths or writing or various forms of STEM education are, um, you know, invented by the white man, invented by white privilege, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. You can go, well, actually, I think you'll find that many of the modern mathematical structures that we still use in modern society don't really come from Europe at all. They come from the Middle East. Anyway, Sumerlands. Uh, have a great new single out. Go and check them out on Spotify. It's been my earworm all week, which is unusual because usually my earworms over the past couple of years have been generally brutal or technical stuff. I started listening to um, a lot of gore guts, even going back and listening to early cryptopsy and stuff like this lately, which seems to be more um, in line with how, how I've been feeling. But yeah, Sumerlands is a bit of an earworm. And what isn't an earworm is the new Man of War. Wow. I mean, does it really even bear talking about unusually they've been playing as lords of steel like these tiny shows to one two three hundred people with some new guitar player and drummer and people have said it's great eric can still sing it's cool but this new thing they've released which is all mainly talking and speeches it's like they write one metal song and then think okay how can we stretch this out to 20 minutes I know and my good friend sakis from running christ helped out with some of the greek translations and stuff like this and you know 
maybe with a proper drummer, proper drum sound, all this kind of thing, it might be okay. But it just sounds, even for guys who are that old, I guess, um, no disrespect meant to that, without being ageist, um, <clears throat> it's great that they're still going and still out there playing. But God damn it, let someone else engineer or produce it and try and get a proper drum sound would be my... But I mean, look, um, I mean, where is the world as a drum machine as well, isn't it? Uh, a few more things here and there before I uh, wrap up this random ramble across um, across this Tuesday. And that is the... Uh, you never really quite get over vinyl collecting, do you? It never really leaves you. Once you're a collector, you're a collector. I remember once, 15, 20 years ago, sitting with the My Dying Bride guys in Yorkshire and Aaron from My Dying Bride was saying, oh, I'm selling all my records. How many think? Yorkshire, selling all my records. Um, they're just ballast. And he said the word ballast. And then another friend of mine repeated the word, ah, it's fucking ballast, mate. Holds you down, weighs you down. And this was a guy who kind of skipped city to city and lived that kind of life that seems really attractive where you just one, you know, six months you're in Madrid, then you're in London, then you're in Paris. And I thought, he's right. It's kind of ballast that holds you down because I'm looking at, you know, a thousand and something vinyls here. And I wonder to myself, my God, if I have to live somewhere else, um... How the fuck am I going to carry all this stuff? How am I going to move it? Where am I going to store it? And it's that great push and pull. My friend said to me, oh, there's a few records still happening. Bank holiday Monday. I was like, okay, getting up, looked out the window. It looks like it's going to rain. I'll wear a jacket, cycle across the city, <clears throat> which, you know, was pretty annoying to get there, to be uh, to manage to find a copy of, the original copy of Ex Executioner's Song by Razor. Razor was a terribly hard band to get vinyls of back in the day, and I'd had the CD issues and some cassette copies and a few of the other vinyls, Malicious Intent and Violent Restitution, but an original Executioner's Song was worth cycling across Dublin in the traffic and the rain to find, and there's always that pull. I was at Headbangers Open Air, which I must shout out is a great festival, chatting with friends, drinking whiskey, hanging out, having a laugh, and now in the corner of my eye, I spied... Oh, there's a record stall. And a part of me was like, do you want to stay and have the crack, um, as we call it in Ireland, or are you going to be dragged off to the record stall to flick through records for hours? It's a, somehow a compulsion. It's like a a kind of a, you know, um, benign disease that get, that just, uh, maybe that's what the, the earworm is. It just affects you in this respect, but you never quite get over it unless you're to just sell everything. Um, but there's something very attractive about the idea that um, you could just have what you want in a little bag on your back, work remotely and just travel around the world. Maybe that is indeed the future. I don't know. But certainly the prospect of packing up all my records to move somewhere else. Um, maybe I just need to turn it into a heavy metal themed special Airbnb. Anyway, what am I talking about? Just thought I'd mention that, that the... the um, the thrill of it's a bit different now with discogs and things but back in the day when you would look through all the old records in late 80s early 90s and you'd go oh my god i found a welcome to hell picture disc for one euro or one pound back in the day that was something incredible i remember being with an um an ex-girlfriend many many years ago sometime like 94 and pointing to board girlfriend can you look through those records and what did she find an original death crush vinyl and then wouldn't give it to me well there you go Them's the breaks, my friends. This is Tuesday's random ramble across some heavy metal uh, gossip. Um, enjoy your week ahead. Listen to the new Sumerland single. Fill your hearts with a little bit of heavy metal adrenaline. And I will see you on Friday for something. Well, who knows? It might be more serious. It might not be. I'm going to be on the gates now in two hours. And hopefully we'll have some video interviews with some of the um, black metal alumni 
who um, are playing this week. All right. Over and out, Planet Satan. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 